DFM 89.9. My name is Daryl Ong and you tune in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. History was made last weekend where the oldest and most prestigious tennis tournament, the world number one, the young 20-year-old Spaniard Carlos Alcaraz won his maiden title at this year's edition of Wimbledon. Despite going up in the finals against seven-time champion and world number two Novak Djokovic, he triumphed in a five-set match that clocked in at just under five hours, a battle and a match that many consider to be an all-time classic. Men's singles at the Wimbledon especially has been a close shot for the last two decades. Winners are members of the Big Four in tennis. That's Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Andy Murray and Rafa Nadal. Before Carlos Alcaraz took the crown last weekend, we had to go all the way back to 2002 when Leighton Hewitt won it. Joining us this week to discuss how Carlos Alcaraz claimed his first Wimbledon championship and his second Grand Slam title is ex-national tennis player Adam Jaya as this week we explore a new era potentially in professional tennis. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think the whole world is still, I mean, it has been two days, three days, I think the whole world is still soaking it, soaking into it. Mm. It is great to see a different champion after 20 years, as you said, the top four has dominated the, the past 20 years. Mm. You know, I mean, the whole world also knows that, that, that Carlos Alcaraz has all the talent to do it as well. Mm. Yeah, but coming into that stage where... You know, playing with the best, one of the best in the world, getting into that position. Mm. And also, as what Djokovic said in his uh, post-match interview, he was in, impressed by what Carlos has done mm. because he has only played about three or four grass tournaments. Yeah, so, I mean, what Carlos has did is just incredible and it's... I think the whole world is still soaking, trying to soak into it that it happens. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And taking the players away from the match, the match itself, Adam, was an exciting and one of the more remarkable matches uh, in recent history. A match that has and will be considered a classic, a great advertisement for tennis as a sport. Uh, and I feel that, uh, on my timeline at least, a match that even casual tennis fans or even non-tennis fans uh, tuned into. I think, uh, I mean, I still remember the first time when uh, Federer beat Sampras uh, a couple of years back where that, that's when he started coming into the scene and everybody recognized him as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, with Carlos, I think, I mean, he has done great for the past two years. He has been in, I think, the world number one for the past 48, 46 weeks. That's right. Yep. And but, I mean, by seeing who was in, in, in the stadium as well, that, that, that shows it all. I mean, the celebrities, the Royal Box, uh, this will go definitely to one of the match. I mean, of the century, of the year for sure. Mm. Uh, it didn't start off well for Carlos, but uh, I mean, to be honest with you as well, uh, I thought it was going to be like a three set, four sets for Djokovic. To be very honest, yep, yep. But uh, when when Carlos pulled out the second set uh, on a close, very close tiebreak, and uh, I think you know people start believing. And even the third set, he, he he dominated the third set. Yeah, but it was still a long way to go. And, and, and he stood up like a great champion, Carlos, what he did. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people were of your opinion as well. You know, after the first set, especially the sixth one, you thought it would be, ah, uh, it's going to be his fifth title in a row. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's what happened uh, a month ago in, in French Open when everybody oh was actually in French Open. I thought people would have believed that because he was on clay, mm. Alcaraz would, would beat uh, Djokovic. But then again, you know, he said, I mean, he's not, he, he cramped up. So cramped up doesn't mean he's not fit or what. I mean, we saw that day five hours he is fit, mm. you know, but the nerves, the pressure, you know, trying to 
win the Grand Slam and you got to beat the best. I mean, the the top four, the top three, yeah. to win these things. Mm. You know, so I think he handled it pretty well. Also, he learned from from the mistakes that uh, what happened in in Roland Garros. Mm. Exerted revenge. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had it in his. I mean, uh, he he had it behind his head what happened in Roland Garros. Mm. And what also helped is that that he has also won a Grand Slam. Yep. Uh, in the U.S. Open last year, so some part of it, uh, you know, he, he got it back on, out of his head. But uh, it, it is not easy closing up a match uh, of, of that caliber we saw last weekend. And mm. and you got a twenty-year-old kid. I mean, not a kid. I mean, he's a man, <laughs> young man. <laughs> yeah, young man. You know, doing it is is yeah. uh, it's incredible. Incredible indeed. Um, yeah. Talk. I think it's a final that most uh, most fans expected. World number one versus world number two. But the rest of the field aren't pushovers as well. Um, however, though, uh, throughout the whole season, throughout the year, it's been a tussle, right? Novak Djokovic and uh, Carlos Alcaraz. Um, what sets apart these two f- uh, main characters from from the rest of of the field? What you said in your first sentence uh, is there is there a gap between the rest? I mean, I thought uh, Carlos' path to the final was uh, was a little bit tougher. I mean, I thought Matteo Barrettini will push him, mm. which he did in four sets, uh, and then he I expected the Medvedev match to be much closer, but he stepped it up, and and, and that's the difference for me between this. I mean, now you can say Carlos is is a big player, mm. and with the with the previous uh, big four, you know they they step it up going in into the second week of the slams. Uh, even if you look at Djokovic, I still remember his run out to Roland Garros was was not good. Mm. You know, I I don't know whether he won a tournament, he lost in the Masters, and then everybody was thinking you know, you know it's not going to happen. But then came Roland Garros, and he just stepped up every, every time in the slam when you. When you see him doing, uh, I mean, the tournaments before a slam, which he's not doing too well. And I don't know, I think he's just blooded with a grand slam in his heart. You know, when it comes to the grand slam, he's just stepping it up big time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, however, fell short uh, last weekend. Uh, he started strong, though, as we alluded to, you know, with his strong tactical awareness, which come obviously with his years of experience. However, young Carlos Alcaraz uh, made some shots of the highest quality and, Throughout that whole five sets, he he applied high intensity throughout that four four and a half hours. Uh, what can you tell me about the different strategies uh, going employed by the pair in, in the finals? For me, for me, you know, I think Carlos uh, sometimes, uh, in my view, yeah, sometimes he, he he runs down too much, and I think that's what happened in the French Open. Right. Yes, I mean having the cramps and 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 the nerves and all. And if you see on grass, uh, I mean the balls are faster, the winners are faster. Depend uh, uh, besides the clay. Yeah. But uh, what I think Carlos did, and is is part of his game, is that uh, and all, all the big three has said that he has the fundamental of all the big three. Yep. yep. He has the aggressiveness of Nadal. Uh, he has those ground stroke of I mean the same uh, of Djokovic. That's right. And of course, there's class act of, of Federer, you know, that serve and volley and that classy touch and, and, and things like that. Mm. So technically with his, I mean, with his team, again, his coach Juan Carlos is also a, a former world number one, yep. you know, being in that situation. I think one tactical that uh, uh, that Carlos did uh, good on that match was he made Djokovic feel like, what is he playing against Djokovic? Because Djokovic doesn't know, you know. So I think that's one thing great that uh, 
uh, Alcaraz did. Because, uh, a taste of your know? own medicine, almost. Yes, correct, <laughs> correct. Mm. Yeah. And, and and let's get on to Carlos uh, Carlos Alcaraz now. He's world number one, but I guess for you know many casual tennis fans, uh, his name only popped up last year. Uh, he won the US Open when he was 19. However, with last weekend, he extends his... Uh, his run at number one into the 49th week. Um, tell us about a bit of background and, and about his meteoric rise, you know. Um, when he burst onto the scene, did you immediately think that he was some someone special? Yeah, I, I saw him play, I think, about three years ago in the next-gen uh, Milan final. Hmm. Must be uh, 16, 17 years old at that yeah, time. Yeah, hmm. around there. And uh, and he's there was in the same group of... Uh, Olga Rune and I think this, uh, yeah, Sonego or something. But uh, I mean, this guy, uh, even three years or four years ago, when I saw him playing the first time, of course, it's easier said than done that, you know, we would be thinking that, okay, he will be at least in the top 10. Yeah, at least in the top 10. Hmm. But what he has done in these past two years, I mean, towards the end of last year, even before winning US Open, I think he won a couple of Masters. Hmm. And also coming into this year, I mean, what he's doing is is uh, it's phenomenal. Mm. But even after the two masters he uh, he played, I think mid year he had some injury as well. So this is this is what uh, scares the people, or because I mean the way he, I mean we see the way he plays, the way he runs, mm. the energy. We want to see him being you know injury free for the next ten years or fifteen years. Uh, as you see now, even Djokovic at 36 still playing. Yep. Nadal still think of playing one more year. He'll be 37. So uh, most of the players now, they play up to, I think, average 34. Now, you know, we had that same thing about Nadal when he was 20 years old. Can this guy run for like uh, run like that for the next 10 years? And mm. he has proven everybody wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I, I hope, I mean, and I, I'm sure, you know, with, with Alcaraz's team and the experience, uh, they will know how to balance it up. Uh, and, and one more thing for me is the consistency. Yeah. You know, now winning two slams, if, if you compare the top four or the top three, uh, you know, every slam they go in, you know, they're at least in the semis or in the final all being a champion. Mm. Yeah. So that's what we want to see uh, Alcaraz doing. And also to add on, uh, we want to see, you know, a few more players. You know, we had the big four. Now, who's the next big four? I can think of Yannick Sinar, uh, Olga Rune, you mm. know. So, it'll be, it, it, is, it is very competitive out there. Yeah, exciting future for sure. Um, he, yeah. uh, Carlos Alcaraz, he honed his craft, uh, honed his skills on the hard and clay. Uh, and, you know, coming into Wimbledon, although he has played uh, on grass before, you know, he had his doubters over his inexperience on that surface. Um, do you think that his status coming into Wimbledon as an underdog on grass courts at least helped his bid to win the championship? Uh, it was, I think, after, there was a situation after uh, Roland Garros but then he played Queens, which was a pre—I mean, it was a pre-tournament before mm-hmm. before Wimbledon. Yep, he won that, and mm-hmm. he won that. And, and all the pros, uh, you know, they know that you know if you win Queens, you, you have a good chance. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a favorite to win Wimbledon. Mm. That is one. And also coming in, he's he's the world number one. Yeah, that's number mm-hmm. two. Mm. And number three, as everybody knows, he's got a great all-rounder game. You know, he's just not a clay quarter. He's just not a uh, oh, even a hard court. I mean, even before Wimbledon, uh, I mean, I had that feeling that he will go deep. Okay. And he was one of the players that would have a possible chance against Djokovic. I mm. mean, looking at Djokovic's uh, winning streak at, uh, at Wimbledon. Mm. 
Yeah, and you know, taking away from you know, like you mentioned, his all-round package, uh, he has all the skills physically, but mentally as well. You know, as proven over last weekend, the mental fortitude for such a young person. You know, during the finals, Djokovic was doing his you know Joker things, inverted commas, slowing down the service beyond time limits, spending excessive time uh, in the bathroom as well, trying to throw um, Alcaraz <laughs> off. Um, what what do you make of this? You know, I mean. On the other hand, Carlos also had some unforced errors which showed that there were still some nerves uh, in, in the match. Yeah, I think uh, going into the third set where, where Alcaraz won, won the set easily 6-1, mm. uh, even at that point, you know, I mean, I know that it was, it, it was not over. You know, Djokovic will... He did go for the toilet break at, at that <laughs> thing, which I expected as well. Yeah, and then he had some time violation. Uh, he had some record abuse. That's right. Yeah. But uh, look... What Alcaraz did in the, I mean, whatever happened in the fourth set, in the in the fourth set, in the fifth set, coming in and serving for the match at five four, mm. and you could see from the movement of Djokovic, he stepped up, I think, at least two more gears. But when he stepped up two more gears, I think Alcaraz did the same thing with mm. the nerve of trying to win your first Grand Slam. You're playing a guy who has, I don't know, had never lost 100 matches in, in Wimbledon. Yep, the last you're 10 years. Your, yeah. You're serving for your first Wimbledon final. And what he did at 5-4 uh, on the fifth set, I think he shows the whole world that his mental is, is top-notch. Yep. You know what he did, yeah. Yeah, mentally, physically top-notch. Yeah. Um, do you think, though, at 20 years old, that he's peaking a bit too early or the ceiling is you know, still high for him? Yeah, as I said, that's, that's uh, earlier... The, the, the balance act comes in uh, very wisely now because, you know, you you, you want to be injury-free. Yeah. Uh, you don't want too much expectation. Mm. So I think uh, it is it is not about picking. It's about it's about balancing their, their schedule throughout the whole year. Mm. Now we know that, I mean, he's, he's the best player in the world now. But that, that, that scheduling, the, the tournament, the training... Uh, and with his with his team, I mean, he's got a brilliant tre- uh, team. Mm. Uh, I think it is it, it is all sorted out. It's just that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to see him getting injured. You know, you want him to play those big tournaments uh, every time, not missing. I think he missed the AO this year because of injury as well. Mm. Yeah, so, we, you know, we want to see him. And that's what all this top four has been doing. Yeah. You know, every Grand Slam, uh, they're at the peak, they're there and, and, and they're ready. And with Alcaraz, uh, I think it is it is no question that uh, whether he's speaking too early. No, I think no. I think it is it is on the right time. Mm. Yeah, mm. but uh, being consistent, in, uh, yeah. being consistent now throughout the years is is the key for Alcaraz. Mm. And speaking of consistency, uh, Adam um, Djokovic, we go to the the other side of the net now. Djokovic has one been one of the more consistent uh, tennis players over the last decade. After the match, he, uh, he he said that he never, ever played a guy like Alcaraz before, which is high praise, you know, from, from Djokovic, who has played multiple titans throughout his career. If anything, he hasn't faced a rival like Alcaraz, in this context at least, you know, while ultimately beaten in the Wimbledon final for the first time in 10 years. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many debates about this, uh, you know, the goat thing and, and thing like that. I mean, <laughs> for me... Uh, the good thing, yeah, it can be a debate. Yeah. But uh, for me, whatever said and done, I think based on achievement, I, I mean, what Djokovic has done is just, uh, you know, I don't think so anybody else is going to do that. I think he still at least has 
two or three more slams uh, under his belt. Uh, to go to go past twenty I mean, four, right? Yes, hmm. and even yesterday already he made a statement that uh, I wish I could play Alcaraz in the U.S. Open final. Yep, so you can yep. see the fire burning, hmm. you know. So I mean, he'll still keep going again, again. Yeah, this is again when Federer was thirty six or thirty five, they didn't have any issue with the body and everything. As you grow older, uh, you know, recovery is, is slower. You move slower. So whether we're going to see Djokovic uh, being at his best uh, for the next two years, mm. uh, I mean, we hope for the best for him. But uh, it is, I mean, he's not he's not going to stop here. He's, yeah. he's, he's, you know Djokovic. You know, he's, he's going to keep going. He's going to keep this thing up in his head. And mm. uh we never see Djokovic uh, in tears in, in, in a prize-giving ceremony. Yep. So, I mean, and he still haven't got the Olympics. Uh, so, I think I think he will still keep going to Paris. I'm sure he's got his schedule up, you know, for the next two years or three years. But, uh, I mean, a heads up to Djokovic for what he's done. Yeah. And one thing that great that he, you know, that he said that he, he ever played with like a player like Arcaras, I think because for the past 10 years or what, it has been a routine, yeah. you know, for him to play Federer, Nadal. Same guys all over. Same guys over and over again. Hmm. And now Hmm. you have a guy who's doing what all the top threes, I mean, the big three is doing. Hmm. So I think that that, that, that's what comes out from his mouth. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on the point that it's not over for the Joker yet. You know, he still has has to wait one more year at least to equal Roger Federer's record of eight Wimbledons and also he wants to get past that 24 Grand Slam uh, titles, right? Um, He's he's not going to hang up his record before achieving that. But coming into last weekend's final, you know, um, he had won more matches than the rest of the top 20 combined. And only one other man in the top 100 has a Wimbledon title. He has won it four times in a row. Would you say that his, in a way, overconfidence, especially on grass, got the better of him? Uh, I think his mindset would have been, he would have been more confident on grass being yeah. al- uh, beating Alcaraz than clay or hard. And he mentioned it yeah. in, in the in the prize giving. He did, yeah. yeah. He thought that, you know, he didn't expect uh, a fight on grass. Uh, but being overconfident, uh, no, I think these guys are, are top professional players. Mm. He expected a he expected a feast actually from from Alcaraz in the match. Uh, is uh, as I said, maintaining again. But then again, you know, when he won the first set six one, he did not step down in the second set. But yeah. Alcaraz stepped up, and even Djokovic. It was it was a very close tiebreak. So the second set actually played a very important role in the match, where it was a very close tiebreak. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I think Djokovic was, uh, he was still ready to go for another two hours, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five hours. The, sta- yeah. the stamina on him is crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a g- great, great match and a win that um, symbolize a win for Alcaraz that, you know, symbolizes a transfer of power uh, in men's tennis at Wimbledon at least. A change of guard, uh, if you will. Uh, Adam, do you think we have already welcomed our new tennis king? Yes, definitely. There's a new king in Wimbledon. Uh, for sure, that's the word they use. The same exact word they use when uh, Federer beat Sampras in the first time, mm. for the first time, sorry. Uh, and now Alcaraz uh, beating Djokovic for after so many years, Djokovic did not lose a match in Wimbledon. Yep. Yes, this it's it's new king. But again, as I mentioned earlier, I, I wish to see more more. I mean, it's not going to be an Alcaraz show all the way. You have so many young players. 
Cena, uh, Baratini, that's about it. It's, you know, eight of top uh, ten top players who is going to compete for slams for the next few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wish to see that as well. Yeah, more more young players coming into uh, the game. Definitely an exciting future for tennis. Then, yes, it is. It is. Uh, it's. I mean, it's already the top, uh, one of the best game in the world. Mm. Uh, it is. It is. It is great for tennis for for worldwide. That was ex-national tennis player Adam Jaya. This week we've been talking Wimbledon and more particularly Carlos Alcaraz and how he might represent a new era in professional tennis. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to check out the podcast, you can head over to our website, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet us. We are at BFM Radio. My name is Daryl and you have been locked in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week when you're here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.